Hello, everyone, and happy Cinco de Mayo. The Coast to Coast Combat Hour returns after a week off uh, with a mega catching up to do this week. Uh, I'm your co I'm your co-host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm always joined by Ed Carbajal, and we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for MMA news and stories. Ed, I survived. It was a hell of a run, but uh, back in town and happy to be home. Yeah, UFC 261. I mean, you were you were there for the very first event back and uh, fans back. And as the the self proclaimed super fan, I mean, that must have been uh, something worth uh, worthwhile worth talking about. I mean, as uh, I'm sure folks want to know, especially with uh, the Texas event coming up, uh, like just kind of talk about your experience with uh, going there as a fan with uh, you know the 262 is uh week not this weekend the following weekend so what should they expect outside of a free mask that you probably don't have to use (laughs) (laughs) so uh, it it, a lot of it i mean well first of all jacksonville there's not a lot going on in that town i think there'll probably be more (laughs) going on in the houston area uh Jacksonville, nice looking town, a lot of potential, but just not a lot of action. So uh, definitely wasn't like a, a New York City or a, a you know Las Vegas uh, feel per se. Um, but uh, once you got to the event, uh, you had to fill out an app. I don't know if Houston will be doing it, but I had to fill out a clear. Uh, it's called the Clear app. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just a quick little couple medical questions, uh, and then they they looked at you. You got to you got to green thumbs up basically on the app and and once you showed that to an usher you were allowed to go in so like an app on your phone yeah i downloaded oh. app i had it downloaded because the lakers the, the nba uses it so i had to, i was having to use it for the laker magic game uh, anyway and then the ufc announced you know 48 hours prior that they were going to also follow that protocol so made it easy i mean it's it's a simple have you have you felt sick have you been yeah. around anybody sick so i know that's a stupid question for some people but i just because like i use a uh, in my going going abouts around here in Jersey, I, I we call an application like an actual paper application, an app too. I so you. I just want to make sure make sure I'm clear as to no, it, yeah, it was a, they had a mobile app, and then I think if you had problems with that, they had like kiosks where you could go and basically mm. uh, fill it out and do whatever you needed to do to get uh, to get into the arena. So I don't think that was a problem for anybody. It was super easy to do um, for me and, and the people in my group. Um, didn't I don't recall if I had to wear a mask walking in the doors. I don't believe I did. Um, temperature again, check or anything, or just kind of no temperature check. Uh, no walk through metal detectors. Um, again, once you filled out that app with those questionnaire, they really weren't on you. They handed out masks at the door. Mm. Um, is it the know. ones from that from that press release with the logo on it? Uh huh. Yeah, I should have should have grabbed it to show you, but yeah, it just has the mm. logo on one side and then some kind of sponsor on the other side. Um, <laughs> course <laughs> yeah i mean and they're like kids sizes so it doesn't yeah. even fit fit comfortably but but regardless uh, and full disclosure i am fully vaccinated for anybody listening to this for the first time so i did go into this ladies somewhat prepared <laughs> uh and, and not just going into it completely blind and ignorant to the fact that there was going to be a massive crowd so mm. uh had great seats um as good of seats as i've ever paid for for a ufc pay-per-view um didn't have to sneak up into anything didn't have to do any of my uh, arena magic to get better seats had yeah. had really good quality seats uh which which made for uh being able to take cool photos and uh being pretty up close and, and personal with some of the action which uh for the majority of the card was great uh and for about another uh 
10 minute period uh, wasn't so great to be real close to what was going on in the ring. You're referring uh, to the uh, Chris Weidman break, right? Yeah. 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 Chris Weidman uh, suffered a uh, massive broken leg. Uh, Which everybody knows about by now. <laughs> everybody is, knows about it. I know he did an interview with Ariel Hawani today. I haven't had a chance to check it out, but apparently he gets into it about the fears and uh, everything that goes along with a, a you know traumatic, brutal Compound fracture. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I mean, I'm watching it through my camera. I heard it. Is I'll never forget the sound. Loudest popping sounded like a, a like an old cap gun, you know, mm-hmm. but going off with about you know. 10 million decibels throughout the, the arena. Uh, so that was the, I mean, that was the first time I've dealt with an injury uh, exactly like that. And uh, I hope I don't really have to ever again. I started to honestly get kind of sick to myself. Uh, I had to get up and take a walk, which uh, considering what I've seen and what I've been around in this sport uh, for 25 years, uh, kind of caught me off guard, but at the same time uh, made me realize that I'm not completely desensitized to uh, what no. I'm watching, you know? So it was, it was well, kind of, I mean, a- it's funny you're saying that because if you look at guys like like uh, especially Rogan, who's who's probably sat for all three of the ones that, you, that have happened in the UFC, mm-hmm. um, you know they they just posted the reaction over the weekend over when that happened, or someone put it up. You know they have the thrill and agony thing that they put up after the event, and um, even even I mean, Daniel Cormier. I mean, you were there, so you didn't hear him say it, but Daniel Cormier was really vocal about not being able to look at it being so close. He didn't want to look that he was asking Joe Rogan to tell him what happened because he didn't want to look. And that's, you know, double champion. And he's been around stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so it's definitely, I don't think you could be ever be that decent. You got to be a maniac to be desensitized completely and not have any sort of empathy or feel bad for, you know, him, Silva. And uh, I'm sorry, I forget the other gentleman's name. that Corey passed Hill. away. Yeah, Corey, Corey Hill. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's devastating. And, and uh, you know, I, I didn't know that about Cormier. So that's an interesting because that's kind of how I felt. I mean, I'm literally mm-hmm. pho- taking photographs, watching the fight. And I, I mean, it's 17 seconds into the fight. And I, I mean, I catch the kick with my photograph. I got a pretty shot of, I mean, it's not a gross picture, but I have the contact of the leg. And then, mm. and I, I instantly saw the compound fracture just because I was kind of zoomed in on my camera. And I, I instantly saw like uh, 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 something irregular out of, uh, out of the back of his leg. So mm-hmm. it, it instantly I'm just looking at the ground, trying to keep my composure. Uh, Cause at that point I didn't want to watch the replays. I, I had seen it already. It hasn't happened. Um, and, and I, uh, and I, and, but once they start showing the replays dozen times in the arena, uh, you start hearing the crowd groaning and moaning and uh, you know, it, it got real, it got real interesting. And I wasn't the only one. There was a, obviously, oh, yeah, no. yeah, there was, there was more than me. Listen, just I, me was, I was alone here in my apartment and I literally, I, I probably stood up and walked around for at least 20 minutes yelling oh. and cursing and just, you know, never mind the injury itself, but just the, the, uh, the, like Dr. Brian Suterer who analyzed the injury really well on his YouTube channel. He called it the, the strangest twist of fate ever. Cause obviously everybody knows that, you know, two of the three, both Weidman and Anderson Silva are connected because Weidman was, you know, happened to Anderson Silva versus Weidman. So for Weidman to receive the same injury, it's just it's an insane, astronomical yeah. astronomical yeah. stats that that could it's happened three times in the history of the UFC over mm-hmm. you know what five thousand six thousand fights we're approaching now and yeah. the fact that Weidman was involved on both ends of one happening is 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 uh, is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is it looks like he had a good surgery. It looks like he's in decent spirits and he's recovering. So uh, 
all wishes and, and every, all the best towards Weidman and his family. Um, a guy, obviously, I'm a huge fan of his, and, and it hurt to see this. Uh, seeing him being oh, yeah, yeah. Is one thing. Seeing this absolutely and, and being concerned about a guy losing his leg or something like that is, is a whole nother thought process that I personally wasn't necessarily used to uh, until I saw this. So, um, but that, but that was the, you know, that was the, that, that was kind of the theme of the whole night, not, not broken bones, but just violence. I mean, it, it, this is one of the, it's turned out to be one of the most uh, mm. just wild, violent events that I've ever seen. Um, I'm probably on par with about UFC 189, uh, another event that just had a ton of top to well, bottom, yeah, top great. to bottom, just knockouts nonstop. I mean, this event started off with, with two great prelim fights, um, just nonstop action. And really it never stopped from that point on um, with the, with the obviously uh, it kind of concluding right before the main event with uh, Randy Brown picked up a dominating win over Alex Oliveira, uh, rear naked, one armed rear naked uh, you know, backpack mm-hmm. choke kind of uh, probably the easiest way to describe it. You know, he was on his back standing and uh, was able to lock in, in a one arm uh, rear naked choke. So I don't think that's happened too many times in the history of the UFC. I know some of the announcers were trying to figure out, or at least people on Twitter were, were trying to remember if they'd seen it before. I feel like I have, but to try to pinpoint it. Uh, yeah. You'd have to go back before, you know, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, and yeah. it might not have ever been pointed out when it double happened. digits, double digit UFC days, exactly. So, yeah. so that that finished up the prelims, and then the main card kicked off, and that's when we started getting these weird injuries. Uh, uh, Jimmy Crute and Anthony uh, Smith uh, had a hell of a back and forth first round. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for Crute, at some point, uh, he was, I guess, he was kicked by Smith. Um, and yeah, leg kick. Yeah, and he and he yeah. had the he had the Michael Chandler uh, Brent Primus mm-hmm. uh, situation. It, it, I mean, I was at that fight too, so it was like a total. You know, yeah, you were uh, at the whole event. <laughs> we know that. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the New York one, I saw so to see that it was it was a replay of that. It was oh, the exact yeah, same thing. You, yeah, yeah. you know, I was at when Chandler leg went limp, and Primus, it was the yeah. exact. It was yeah. basically the exact same thing, uh, but also a squeamish moment when you see yeah. a guy's leg going limp, and it, I. It, it, you know what's funny about that injury is that it bent the other. It bent outward a little bit, which uh, at the post fight press conference, even Dana White was like, "I think that's more than nerve damage." Thankfully, Croup, you know, a couple of days later, put on his own social media that it was just nerve damage and he's fine. Uh-huh. But I mean, uh, to your point, I mean, uh, you were in the audience. I don't know. I mean, I know they show on screen in the arena what what, what folks are seeing at home, but it's kind of hard as a, when you're there as a fan to pay attention to everything. So here, home watching the replay over and over again. I mean, there was, and I watched it again the next day to do the stuff, the Sunday submission I do for MMA News. Um, it was uh, his leg. It was it was it bent outward a little bit, and the, so- <laughs> but, but I mean one thing that I mean after that even with that happening, I'm a fan of Jimmy Croup because he still got a takedown, and he wanted to keep fighting and got mad that they stopped the fight even though as they stop it as he's pro- protesting he fell down because he couldn't stand. Uh-huh. So it's uh it's uh these guys are all made of something else. That's why I always get mad when folks try to you know, trash him, but yeah, I know, mean, guys he, and he, gals. He, he admits that his plan going into the second round was going to be to pull guard. <laughs> you don't, you don't pull guard against Anthony Smith. You pulled a guard against Anthony Smith. You might be eating elbows for the next five minutes. I mean, yeah. the fact that, that, that was even a thought process just shows, yeah. like you said, they're built, built differently. So, yeah. um, 
I, I mean, uh, it was a win for Anthony Smith, but I don't think he did a lot to damage uh, Crude. If anything, uh, he gained fans. I mean, he gained me as far as definitely you know, me. Yeah. Somebody, somebody who will be rooting for him going forward now and, and seeing, you know, when you have the guts like that. So, so that, and then the Weidman injury. So we had two injuries to kind of start the main card. Leg uh, stuff. <laughs> leg stuff, which yeah. uh, that was the end of the leg stuff other than some, than a kick that was heard around the world uh, down mm-hmm. the line. But uh, the first title fight of the night, Valentina Shevchenko, Jessica Andrade. I mean, I knew Shevchenko was good. This yeah. is the first time I've ever been able to watch her fight in person. Yeah. Um, because uh, the, I was at the Nunes fight where that got canceled right before the fit. I she's as good as any mixed martial artist we've ever seen. So, um, so do you think uh, it warrants? An, I mean, because everybody knows the result. Obviously, we're two weeks after. But uh, does everybody? Do you think it warrants? Uh, for at, before this, I would say uh, folks weren't on board with a Nunes Shevchenko three. Um, you know, catch weight or whatever you want to have. But after that, after UFC 261, I don't mind seeing that fight. As a fight fan, I would love to see the fight. I'm just not sure what it does. I, I, I'm more worried that if Shevchenko loses that fight, then what's her situation? Does she lose credibility? And does she always get said, well, excuse me, well, the, well you're fighting in a weak weight class. Obviously, you can't win at 135. Mm-hmm. That would be my only concern because if she goes 0-3 against Nunes, she had never I, – I feel like she's she's kind of boxing herself into mm-hmm. more criticism than she should deserve. Mm. Uh, well, obviously, the next fight, uh, Rose Namajunas shocked the world, uh, head kick knockout of Weili Zhang. I, I'm kind of in the neighborhood of why not maybe Rose versus Shevchenko. And, and, I, I, and again, like we're jumping 10 pounds either direction. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, that fight does interest me slightly seeing how Rose has gotten so good on her feet, mm. um, you potentially, uh, that could be something that could be fun to watch. Yeah. Also, Rose, I, don't, and- I don't, I don't disagree, but I also think that, um, I just feel like, you know, the, the straw weight is always, I guess, because of the low number. I don't know why in my own mind, again, this is just my opinion, but I feel like the straw straw weight. I mean, there's a thin line, but, um, I don't know with, uh, the history. I mean, people talk about people talk about how great Amanda Nunes is. Rose, you know, she just got the title. Um, it looks like they might do her and Zhang again, which is fine if they if they do that. I mean, because there's only so many people at 115. But I don't know. I just feel like that might be too big of uh, an advantage if, if if Rose goes up, and and we've we've seen when fighters go too light. In the case of TJ Dillashaw, when he went after the flyweight title, you know what I mean. So I don't. I would hate to see uh, Shevchenko already diminished because she's she's already you know kind of. Yeah, I think it would have to take place at yeah. one twenty-five, and I don't think Rose wins the fight. But I also don't necessarily think Shevchenko beats hmm. Nun, beats Nunes. So like, part of me just I, I going zero and three against somebody would would you you, but, you at that point I I feel like the fans are going to go well you you dominate because you have yeah. nobody in one twenty five yeah. and so I, I think it's the UFC's job to try to find people. I don't know. Uh, maybe we start talking trades here. You know, Bellator's got a few at one twenty fivers, and I don't know if any. No, no, I don't think any of them beat Shevchenko. Well, but, they just went public, so who knows what the future holds for the UFC? You know, I mean, I don't know what <laughs> one's one's roster looks like and stuff. We already had it. You know, Bellator already made or UFC already made a trade with one one time, so maybe there's some yeah. women over there that that we they, that another trade possibility or something. I don't know, but I I would at this point we've had so many crossover fights. I have no issues with 
just kind of them staying in their weight classes and, and doing some stuff. Rose has great fights still, a rematch with Whaley. Um, uh, Joanna's still a good fight for her. Uh, a lot of people thought the second fight was a lot closer. Um, Shevchenko, I don't know who she fights at, at 125. I, I know Lauren Murphy and uh, Joanna Calderwood are fighting mm. uh, at 263, and that seems to kind of be the consensus number one contender bout. But uh, I don't think either of those women, honestly, I mean, they might last a round or two because uh, they're tough as hell. But I don't. Yeah. I, I but just we don't. all know greatness fades. I mean, it, it's been some time. Uh, I, 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 I that's the only reason why I think. It, it, it you know with with time fighters can get better, but then they can also get either complacent or things start catching up with them. Like we know, I mean, you know, Nunez is a parent now. Um, you know, Shevchenko has kind of seemed to have cleaned up any holes in her game because um, everybody thought talking about the fight, everyone thought, I mean, including Andrade, that she thought she had the advantage in strength and and grappling, <laughs> and Shevchenko completely went out, made it a point to engage her and dominate her there. So, uh, which maybe, maybe five years ago, that would have been the case, but obviously not now. Yeah. I mean, I, you're right. You're right. I I mean, I think Shevchenko does pose a threat and Nunes might get complacent. She is bouncing Mm -hmm. around between two weight classes already. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like she's going to fight Pena or uh, Pena uh, coming up here. So we can kind of see maybe where she's at uh, now that she's, she's had a kid you know, around the house and stuff. I mean, everything, like you say, changes. I, I wonder what would happen to the women's 125 weight class if Shevchenko went up and won the belt at 135. Do we end up with kind of a situation, you know, which does that become like a lame dunk weight class? Um, we Obviously, we would end up seeing Shevchenko Nunes four uh, mm-hmm. and potentially five if we're doing a best of series at that point no um, usually, usually i mean i don't know i they, they they could that's that's for that's why i asked the question because there's probably i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are watching this or hear this later on that that say you know that, that we've we've been there done that and it's it, it's time for new stuff but it seems like especially for i mean if you look at if you look at a weight class like or their weight classes from from the women from 115 all the way up to featherweight it looks like there's there's there seems to be this this little round robin of the same people over and over again, and they don't yeah. know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like so, I, that's I definitely know. a problem. I just think yeah. Shevchenko right now is on the brink of like superstardom, and I would be concerned if I was her handler, or manager, or coach about a Nunez loss because she doesn't need that right now. She can mm-hmm. fight bums at one twenty five and keep doing what she's doing, and eventually she's going to become the face of the UFC. I mean that, that she's that good. Uh, I, I technically, I've, I, I mean, she's as good as anybody I've ever seen. Hmm. Technically, obviously, she's not as strong as some of the guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know. But, but as far as just all aspects of the game, I mean, her ground control, hmm. uh, her striking, everything was just is just yeah. so on point right now that it's it's and it's getting better. That's hmm. the thing. Like, I, it, I feel like every fight is like a a different show. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Better. I might do the Nunes thing in like a year from now, but I might milk Shevchenko kind of mop up a couple more girls at 125 and really set it off where you're talking. This is an ESPN headlined event with, you know, getting major, major news uh, down the line. So that was the big win for Shevchenko. As I mentioned, Rose Namajunas picked up a head kick knockout over Wally Zhang, minute 18 into the first round. You want to talk about a, a loud noise in the arena uh, and the old school pop that, uh, you know, that, that, used to get you know fans are used to that go to these events mm. uh that was as loud and 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 crazy as uh as i've 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 been and especially obviously recent memory but um just 
uh, Rose is obviously loved by a lot of fans. Um, you know, the majority of fans don't listen to every single quote that comes out and stuff like that. They just watch people fight and, and see their pre No, fighting. I mean, if, if that were the case, I mean, then then there, there, Jorge Masvidal would have gotten booed when he walked in there. Ex- ex- you same, know what I mean? Good, but, good, but good exact point. Nobody, and, and, ca- nobody cares about any of that shit that, that certain people try to bring to the media. Try to the push media. and bring it. Exactly. The, the last every- article I wrote before that event I was about her and how she just talked about the fight. And I pulled it from something TMZ where they, they addressed the whole way Lee stuff. I mean, enough. At the end of the day, we just want to see we just want to see them fight. Most people just want to see them fight. I mean, if they if they go overboard and they start doing stuff that where where law has to get involved, you know, Correct. child trafficking or something, then okay. But that's not the case here. And I mean, shit. I mean, how how highbrow do you want to get for half naked people fighting in a cage? You know, it's, I had to tell that to multiple multiple people, and we've talked about this on the show before. Because somebody uh, asked me about the the situation with the the YouTubers boxing and stuff, and if I think that that ruins the sport, and I'm like, to me, all this all these sports are entertainment anyway. I got mm-hmm. into this watching sumo wrestlers, bare knuckle fighting, other dudes. Like, and that's I've used that exact quote you just said. I, I go on a podcast talk about two dudes basically in their underwear trying to knock each other out. The day I take this seriously is the day I'm going to stop talking about it. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's it's. It's like, what I do out. to not take yeah. serious. Yeah, it's exactly. not it's not serious. Um, mm. the only serious thing that I want is guys not to get seriously injured, and I yeah. want to make sure that they're paid what they deserve to be paid to yeah. do it. That's the only serious aspect of, of MMA yeah. or boxing that I, I ever look at. Um mm-hmm. as far as rankings and all that crap, I've I threw that out the door, you know, a decade ago. So um so that was it. Uh you mentioned Masvidal. Obviously, Usman uh finished him with a highlight reel knockout for the mm-hmm. ages. Uh, Masvidal though, like, as you said, got a huge, I mean, he has a following there that, uh, Florida, it's his home. I mean, it is his home, um, much like the Diaz situation up North here in San, in California Mm -hmm. and the Liddell Ortiz kind of thing here in Southern California. When you back in the day going, seeing them perform, um, I, uh, so Masvidal or Usman continues to get better. Uh, I said it during our prediction. I kind of felt like he was going to try to prove a point in this fight. And uh, whether he intended to or not, uh, he sure as hell did. Uh, that knockout will be on highlight reels and probably added to the uh, the, the the who uh, montage that they play before live UFC yeah. events. Uh, probably already is. I mean, yeah. uh, the way that there's looked, some it, there's some great photos out there. I mean, I know you yeah. there you being there live, you probably didn't see all the like the the details as far as like the sweat leaving and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, there's a real. I'm sure you've seen the image by now. The still image of all the droplets of, of uh-huh. sweat that left Masvidal's head as 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 Usman just I mean they're not even punches it's almost like he's just launching him makes a fist and launches himself behind it. It, it. it reminded it? me of of uh, when I was at ringside for the Fedor Brett Rogers punch. Mm. Very very super similar yeah. where it's like the guy just punched through the guy. He wasn't and, trying to hit him. He was yeah. trying to stick his fist through the backside of his head. And, w- and w- uh, one of the things uh, uh, they they said during the commentary, which you probably missed, was that um, uh, they're even they're being critical of Usman putting too much behind his punches because they noticed that they were all the punches were putting him off balance, and if he's Look at that that finishing shot. He, you know, he he went he mm-hmm. followed through and mm-hmm. like kind of f- f- threw himself forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I mean, if you just mentioned Fedor, the similarity. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. If you no, same thing. <laughs> Fedor almost fell fat. I mean, he had to catch yeah. himself from falling after he hit Rogers, um, just because the momentum of the punch. I mean, he's it's it's such a, it's as hard as you can punch somebody. Yeah. 
is basically all I can compare it to. And, and that was for 170 pounder. I've never seen anybody. Uh, I've never seen, I mean, we, I shouldn't say that we've seen daily do mm-hmm. his thing to people, yeah. but for a UFC main event um, against a guy who is known for having a pretty damn solid chin uh, in Masvidal, uh, Usman's knockout is something that, uh, I mean, I've had, a, I've had the opportunity and I watched two of, Three his last three fights in person. I uh, wasn't a, really a fan much going into the Covington fight, but um, he he's good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean well, he, we we said that when good. he beat Burns. We well, uh-huh. remember we were talking about who's left for him now. I mean they made this fight; it's a money fight, sure. Mm-hmm. So that's why it happened. You know, um, fan friendly. You know, uh, you know, obviously what you want to draw folks into an arena. Your first fight back gave everybody, and it delivered from top to bottom, as we just said. But um, you know who's left for him at welterweight that he hasn't fought? Wonder Boy, and uh, I forgot who the other guy is that's worth worth you know that should be at least get a shot. But um, I mean he's he's done interviews past where he's just he he's looping everybody at welterweight now. You know, yeah, it's like I mean, eventually maybe Leon Edwards if Edwards is able to beat uh, Nate Diaz, or get a fight <laughs> or get a fight. Well, it looks like he got moved to two sixty three. So. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying because the guy's been the guy keeps trying to get fights and. <laughs> and stuff keeps happening. Yeah. So there is him and Wonder Boy. I, I, I after seeing uh, what Usman, uh, how he handled Burns and how he handled um, and Masvidal, I don't think I, I don't think it's out of line to think Colby Covington deserves a rematch. That fight up until the point where he was finished in the fifth round of that fight was was basically a two round to two round uh, fight going into that round. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think stylistically he might be the only one who can. Whom, I, I, the Wonder Boy thing is always fascinating because Wonder Boy is such a stylistic matchup nightwear for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like uh, Covington is kind of a mirror image of Usman in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe Usman is obviously by winning the last match a couple clicks higher on the on the ranking, but yeah. uh, but I feel like st- stylistically he has a chance to neutralize each other and make it a real close fight. So that was the UFC card again. Crowd was great. Uh, didn't see any any issues. Uh, everybody in the arena pretty much got along. Everybody seemed super happy to be back. Um, and I know a lot of the people in Jacksonville who live in that area who hadn't really had a chance to ever go to a big UFC event mm-hmm. were, uh, were grateful that the UFC put one on in their backyard. So. Yeah, plus bringing in business all – I mean, guys like yourself, I mean, you and you always like to bring a whole tribe with you when you go to these things. So, I mean, that's bringing in business to an area that gets to hold these events. Hopefully it helps. It helps out the economy. The only reason I'm bringing that up is because I know I saw yesterday in the news for, for here out in the Northeast, Sheldon Silver, the guy that kept MMA out of New York, uh, got released on furlough from prison. And one of the things that were cited in the, in the Associated Press, uh, uh, the AP News report was, you know, the, the the economic impact that having events here versus not having, especially for fighters like Chris Weidman, uh, you know, uh, guys from New York like, like uh, Uriah Hall, that uh, you know, they obviously had to leave to to pursue their their profession and their dream and stuff because of this man, and um, you know, so that's a perfect example of. I mean, I know we know a lot of folks from your neck of the woods, West Coast, that came all the way to Florida to 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 go to that event. So this is just one of the things that you know about people talk about. Do you really need to see this something that bad because of everything going on? 
But I mean, at the end of the day, overall, there there is a trickle down theory. I mean, it helped. How many small businesses did you shop at? I know you're complaining about not being able to get food. Well, certain things weren't open, <laughs> you know and, I mean? and and their hours are weird. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I ate at different restaurants every night. I was there and and went to the bar before the fights and yeah. bought, and bought merchandise and bought uh, stuff at the arena and yeah. you know uh, so yeah it, everything was great. Uh, I it would obviously again I, I don't you know not to knock what was going on there, but it's not as clean of a, or not as um, smooth running situation as like a, an event in New York or Vegas, as far as yeah, the arena. They got to get used to it. That, well, I don't think arena yeah. like that's used to having that many people in it. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. no professional team that's in that arena. So I don't know how many times they get 16,000 people in no. there for, for arena football. But game, I know? mean, so. they're definitely going to be going back. I mean, the, you know, the, the, I know that's the day you were traveling in there. Right, you got there for the Friday before, right? Uh huh. Friday night before. So, so the Thursday is when they had the press conference, and he had the mayor of Jacksonville and and the governor of the state was at the press conference, uh-huh. and and Dana White made it a point because of the beginning of the pandemic and uh, letting them have something there. Dana White was like, not only you know we're he, he actually said, well, if I have to come here every other weekend, I will, depending on how things go, but he was like, you know, his thank you to that state was like, I'll. I'll go all over up and down Florida if I have to, as long as I'm allowed to. Mm-hmm. And, and if the, you know, the money that it brings in, you know, obviously helps out the state. So, I mean, uh, I don't know if uh, you bought a, I know you're a frequent flyer, so you, you might want to add Florida to your, uh, to your rotation. Yeah. I got a little bit, I got a taste of Florida. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I won't be blitzing back there anytime super quick. But but again, uh, it it was awesome to be back. Um, so while then, uh, while I waited for the rest of the week to go by, as I as I eventually headed to Birmingham for BKFC, we had a couple televised events. Wednesday night, not to break down too deep into the card, but Wednesday night one had another show. Uh, Eddie Alvarez fought again. Um, that was the final one, right? This that is the final one of their of this yeah. block of of the shows. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie Alvarez fought again after three weeks, uh, suffered a loss yeah. this time. Uh, crazy fight, almost got finished in the first round by Ray Yunok, uh, um, and then uh, and then fought back. Really, probably won the second two rounds, but ju- fights aren't judged that way. In uh, yeah, overall, not, not round as, by as round, pride yeah. scoring. So uh, as a result to the damage he took early, Eddie Alvarez suffered a loss. Um, Shinya Yoki does yeah. his thing, picked up another submission, win in a rematch, uh, and a revenge win for him over Edward Foylang. And in the main event, um, Anglo Sang, uh, who was at one time the middleweight and light heavyweight champion, has now had his belt taken uh, in both divisions by mm-hmm. the same fighter, Rainier de Ritter. Uh, that's a guy I, that needs to blow up. Yeah. I, I didn't know a whole lot about him. I don't want to make you sound like a casual, uh, wasn't super familiar with him after watching him and his jujitsu and, uh, his, his kind of fight IQ and doing what takes to win a fight. I think that guy could become a force. Um, especially at 185. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know, if I'm Israel, it's a good thing. Asanya, it's a good thing one want, has money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I'm in, I don't want no part of that guy coming over to the hundred. No. Yeah. Vision. If it, thank God they have the money to draw folks away from the UFC because if he, uh, you know what I mean, like 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 if 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 they pitch throw him a, a contract that you know seems nice to him, you know like Ben Askren, you look talk about trades. Ben Askren and, and the Mighty Mouse thing that was like a trade uh, that Ben Askren kind of did because he wanted to check the UFC off of his bucket list and it didn't work out so well for him. Um, but I mean, 
something like that, like they would have to if the guy's a champ, double champ, uh picked up a lot like folks like you said, you didn't know who he was. Now a lot of folks know who he is after that. Um it's it's going to cost some money to lure him away from one. However, I, overall I just want to add before we move off of one cuz we got a only got a few minutes left here. Um I think if one wants to get fans on board, I mean you let me know if you agree with this or not, but cuz you and I did the Twitter space the the during the prelims of that left final card. Mm-hmm. And um I think if one really wants to get fans from here on board with them, they need to keep doing this 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 one off thing that they did or quarterly of, you know, people forget easy. So mm-hmm. if you expect fans to understand the difference between you, it seems like almost every little press event that Chatri does and when he's on air at the events, it's like it's almost like he's trying to teach us how they operate there. But I mean, you learn by showing it to us, dude. And if you if you keep on doing this rarely, then it's going to be rarely known. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because their their next two events um, are are back to their mm-hmm. normal uh, early morning. Um, it does look like the next one's on a Saturday morning, which for me is a huge plus. Uh, even though it would start uh, eight five thirty a.m. my time. Uh, Saturday morning is a possible view uh, for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought they did well. I enjoyed watching their shows. Um, and like I said, I uh, being exposed to some of these guys. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm, sleeping on. I'm not saying it to be critical because I mean, again, they did outreach. They sent stuff. They sent you know stuff to folks. But like I'm a that's a face mask and some shirts and stuff that they sent they sent to me. But uh, so I'm saying it to you know as, if if Ty or all those guys out there that I that I communicated with from one, if you watch this and you're listening, which I think some of you do, um, you know that's just my you want my two cents. There it is. So yeah, no, I, and and I think that uh, I think the ratings were were good enough um, that I would be surprised for ten o'clock on a Wednesday. Not bad. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. A couple hundred thousand views uh, at like you said that time on a Wednesday following um, AEW, which is on yeah. right now as we're recording. Actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so that was Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, PFL returned for their second event. Yeah. Um, one and two, uh, one and two passed really quick. Just, you know, one in PFL one had a lot of upsets. Uh, but the point of the whole point of the PFL is like, it's anybody's, anybody's fight to win every season. And the fact that Lance Palmer lost in that first event and, um, I forget who else was the favorite that that lost on that event, but um, well, collar, collar, uh, collar, so- yeah, collar beat uh, uh, Pettis and and uh, Lance Palmer lost to uh, Bubba Jenks. The only finish on that first card was Brandon Laughlin, I think, uh, from that division anyway. And um, if you watch their post fight press conference, they they already predicted that it's going to be them two in the finals. So. It's going to be a fun about, season. Yeah, we talk about the betting odds every once in a while on here and joke about kind of the small bets uh, mm-hmm. that you might make. Did you see that if you would have had Collard, uh, Held, Martin Held, and um, and Biggie Rhodes, mm-hmm. if you would have had those three guys, a $100 bet would have paid $8,000 on the parlor. I actually, I actually had Held picked, but to win by submission specifically, not not by suddenly learning how to strike really well. <laughs> well but that's what, one of those events where, yeah. Yeah, you know, the rarity where you had three yeah. super mega upsets uh, on a yeah. main card where, uh, where I'm sure somebody out there cashed yeah. in probably nicely. So that was it. Uh, that was the first event. This and past then- event was this past Thursday, headlined by Rory McDonald. Uh, making his return uh, last minute. He was supposed to fight uh, Mishad. Um, he had to retire due to some health issues. Uh, so best to him. Uh, but Curtis Millinder, the UFC Bellator uh, LFA 
all around uh, veteran stepped in. Uh, Rory McDonald looked like the old Rory McDonald. Uh, took him down, dominated, uh, got back control. Yeah, him and Ray Cooper, so it was first round subs, um, as expected. Um, this week is the lightweights and the heavyweight he- women's lightweights and heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, if you guys, if you guys aren't following all these other promotions, I, I say it on the other thing I do, but like you're really missing out because there are like Ray. Nobody knew who Ray Cooper the third was until he started uh, winning in the PFL, eventually got the, the title in 2019, and now he's uh, he's literally like already on his way, picked up six points uh, to, to advance, just, just like Rory McDonald. He wanted to fight. When I, when I spoke to him at the post-fight presser at the end of their last season before COVID, he specifically said, I want to fight Rory McDonald because, you know, for him it's, for him it's a challenge because he's getting to fight these guys coming from other promotions where, you know, to, to, to really test himself – but the PFL, I, I just, I really love their format, and they're they're they seem to be pulling out all the stops uh, this season. Uh, if you watch and you're on your social during the event, uh, James Lynch, who's been on this podcast, does something like these Twitter in between, so you can he interviews fighters and stuff like that that are there at, at the at the uh, Ocean Resort here in Atlantic City, uh, in New Jersey, and and uh, it, it's just they're they're really I can't be more pleased with what they're doing, but. Um, with what with uh, the remaining time, we should probably look at what's coming up with Bellator 258 because this card is like I'm going to add it to the screen right now. This card is literally we talked about UFC 261 being great from beginning to end. Um, this card on paper <laughs> could deliver that way. Yeah, cards loaded. Um, I love what Bellator is doing right now since the move to Showtime. Yeah, uh, we really have like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're 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 stacked. The the cards yeah. are stacked. This is now. the first fight, just so folks can see. Eric Goyito Perez, who came from he fought in the UFC, right? If I mean, mm-hmm. I, or, I know, yeah. yeah. So it's it's like, look, this is your first fight. I mean, of course, okay, there's they're Blaine shut. It's a he's fighting an eight and four guy, but like not for nothing, you know logistically it's still hard to make fights. I mean, if you looked at my interviews with, with Aaron Jeffrey, heard them on the audio version of this podcast, I spoke to him before and after it ain't easy, which by the way, he's signed for contender series in September, but um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's hard to make fights. So I don't mind the mismatches right now until we get back to normal. I don't mind them, but this, this card is, I don't even know what else, like what jumps out at you? Like I don't even know what else. Well, to yeah, talk like about. The, in the Perez fight, for example, like that's a, this is a late minute. Uh, like it was initially supposed to be mm-hmm. Perez versus Brian Moore, um, who who doesn't have a tremendous Jesus, record. Like either. I'm in the murder room with the sun going down. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I noticed Henry Corrales on the prelims. That's always an interesting thing. Uh, Logan Storley, who's obviously coming off the first loss of his career, but he's on mm-hmm. the prelims. I mean, it, it would be hard for me not to notice. The yeah. one that jumps out at me the most is Lorenz Larkin versus Jafiel uh, Carvalho. Um, Larkin uh, will move back high into the top, what, 2-3 in the rankings uh, with, the, with a victory here yeah. after after having like a year off. And I Carvalho have, has, yeah. has, has had a tough go of late, but he is the former champion and uh, and um you know, obviously, this could turn out to be a, uh, a heck of a yeah, stand-up. And, and fans stand-up. of wrestling and MMA will like to will just watch, love watching Logan Storley do his thing if he if he gets to impose his wrestling. Um, yeah, this one right here is the one you're talking about. I mean, that one stands out for me just because it, it's it's two big names. It's two. Uh, Carvalho held the title at one point, right? Carvalho was a champ. Yeah, he yeah. lost it to Musasi at uh, at Bellator 200 in, in yeah, London. Yeah, so there but, you uh, go. 
and like I said, Larkin was, uh, he had come off the win over Korshkov. Um, he was, he's moving up after having a couple tough start early fights in his, in his Bellator run against Daly and, and, uh, and uh, Lima. He, uh, he's been on a nice little run lately. Like I said, I think with a win here, he's probably becomes almost the number one contender Give her, you know, it's kind of a, the 170 is a loaded weight class. So he's going to be in the top two, mm-hmm. three rankings. Uh, I would imagine uh, with a win here, especially if it's a spectacular one that catches uh, the eyes of people who haven't seen him fight uh, again for the last almost year and a half. Uh, main card, yeah, right here, just really Josh quick. Hill. If you're if you're a fan of, I mean, especially Rafael Stotts and Josh Hill, that's a great that's a, a great bantamweight fight. I've been following. I know Stotts <laughs> fought at, at um, VFC a lot. Um, I forgot. I know I interviewed somebody. He fought for their, a title over there or main evented over there years ago. Um, but that's this is right here. This is a fun fight that, and these are all on YouTube. So if you don't have Showtime. You know, you can watch these on YouTube. You'll probably still be working Matt by the time <laughs> by the time these kick off. But, yeah, the way some of these prelims yeah. are going, I might have to figure out a way to uh, to get, avoid get working sick. a little bit. <laughs> there. But um, yeah. but yeah, loaded uh, the main card. Oh yeah, let's go to the beginning before. I mean, just uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. This again, is... we and we and this is with. So I mean, it shows opening fight is MVP Michael Venom Page against Derek Anderson. Mm-hmm. This fight has fireworks written all over it. Mm-hmm. It's a fight that was originally scheduled already once. Uh, and then Aaron Anderson uh, suffered an injury that had to uh, lead to the eventual cancellation. Um, I think that- Derek Anderson has all the tools to beat mm-hmm. Venom Page. Um, if he uses his mixed martial arts ability and just doesn't do what everybody else tends to do. Which is and- try to match him in his yes, yeah, fall- wheelhouse. Fall- fall asleep in front of him. And then you get all of a sudden you get caught with something you didn't see. Yeah. So, uh, but I think Anderson can use his, his grinded out. Um, and he's tough. I mean, uh, other than a guy like Fernando Gonzalez, who's also a mm. uh, tough son of a bitch. Uh, I don't know if Paige has fought anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, daily, don't get me wrong. He's fought somebody he lost to Lima, but as far as guys that are, are could, could step up and, and in a sense, pull off the upset. Um, this might be his toughest bout uh, that he's had that he's had in Bellator, uh, other than, than the championship fight with uh, with Lima. So mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Pitbull versus Queeley, uh, Patricky Pitbull. That fight was also supposed to headline an event yeah. that was canceled over the that was COVID Europe, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was part of the European tour. Um, you know, and Patricky Pipple's never in a boring fight. No, uh, and he, uh, yeah, he won a couple. Of, he went over to uh, Ryzen and fought mm-hmm. there. So I always feel like, I mean, I know we, I know we meant to mention it because, but we're coming short on time. But you know, you talk about the talent that comes out of Ryzen or what can happen to help you evolve in Ryzen. Look at look at Yuri Prashadska who who finished mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes last weekend. So that's just that's just some of what you know Pipple could Jap- Japanese MMA. You know, could and be empowering people to come and do something we haven't seen before <laughs> against this fight. Yeah, and you mentioned that real quick. We're not going to go down the UFC card from last weekend, but if you did not get a chance, to, I landed just in time, got back in town to watch the main event. If you didn't get a chance to watch Dominic Reyes versus uh, Yuri Prokoska, uh, figure out a way to watch it. The knockout yeah. is one of the most spectacular finishes in UFC yeah. in MMA history. Really is, really is. Um, so uh, definitely look that one up. Um, but, getting um, back to this card, so this was the up. This is the sad part about the card, really, yeah. uh, in a sense that we were supposed to have Anthony Johnson versus. Where were you when this news broke in, in your travels? Uh, like, how did you find out about it? 
before we one get of into our, it. One of our – Yuri, Yuri Thompson, who's been on the show, texted yeah. me that uh, – that he couldn't believe that Romero was out. And then mm-hmm. I went to social media and saw it. I think I was sitting in a hotel. Uh, I want to feel like I was pretty much watching PFL or it might've been that Thursday night. Mm. Um, I but, forget when uh, I found out myself, but I mean, I, I know when I saw it, when the news broke, I, I had shared whoever shared it, probably Nolan. Uh, Cause he's, you know, at, at, been at all of these, but um, I mean, Jose Augusto, you know, he, he submitted a guy at Belter 255. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, he's he's part that, of team. He's actually part of Team Pitbull. Team Pitbull. Yeah. I do know that. So yeah. that's that's good uh, in his pocket. He's obviously got balls of steel if he's willing to take an Anthony Johnson on. You know, but, but here's the thing about that. This is Anthony Johnson who hasn't fought in like what three years, four years. Uh, yeah, so, I know, but he's so, still. You know, I, that, of course, he still has that power, and he's a, he's a he's a giant person of a man. I I, I talk, spoke to him. When he was doing the stuff for BKFC, when I went to the Lobov uh, Malinaji wow. thing out here in the city, so that interview is actually on the YouTube channel if you folks want to go back and watch it. But I mean, I'm I'm five eleven, and I was you know like this. Yeah, no, the guy <laughs> so, the guy's a freaking beast. So yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's just gonna see how hungry he is if he, if he comes in ripped like it looks like he's ripped and he's yeah and his goal is to be the Bellator champion, then it could be a long. Long short night for uh, for Jose uh, Augusto, yeah. uh, but you know the way MMA works. The way MMA looking... works, Augusto will probably tackle him, take him down, and submit him, and we'll never get to see. Well, him. I mean that's proven to be the way to beat him. I mean Daniel Cormier did it twice, so so yeah. I mean I don't know what he's been doing to get better. I know he trains at Sanford. There's a lot of good jujitsu at Sanford. Shout out to Gilbert Burns and, and and I know Wagner Hosha helps those guys out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to go with Johnson in that fight, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. It's I'm more excited just to see his return and, and what kind of uh, what, yeah. what Anthony Rumble we're in for. Yeah, main event world title fight, 135 pound. Uh, Juan Archuleta defends his belt against Sergio Pettis. Great fight. Um, I, I I think Archuleta wins though. Uh, I think Pettis uh, is more of a 125er. Uh, and I think Archuleta is someone who can float between 35 and 45. I think he might be a little bit too big and strong. I'm not real sh- uh, barring a, uh, you know, a Rose Namajunas kind of head kick or something like that just mm-hmm. kind of comes out of nowhere and, and Archuleta totally misreads it. I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't see how Pettis really wins this fight. I think Archuleta grinds it out, probably mm. wins a decision. He seems to be one of those fighters that is, is not afraid just to do what's always necessary to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think it might not be one of his spectacular knockouts that we've seen against lesser competition. Uh, I think he probably grinds out a, a, a you know four rounds to one, five rounds to nothing decision uh, over Sergio Pettis is, is my bet on the fight. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not I, – I... How do I say this without sounding like a dick? Oh, I'm just gonna agree with you. I got. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sound like a dick. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that Arch. I just. I mean, you know, Pettis just just never really grabbed me as, as. I mean, even like if you look at his his brother's fight at PFL, I mean, he was. I I just don't see the. Um, uh, I know the, the folks over at Frontproof are gonna laugh at me for using this because they hate the term in boxing, but the ring generalship, I don't see that. Whatever that means to me, it means like awareness of, of yourself and what your options and tactics and planning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I see that in Anthony, but I don't see that in Sergio. I, and I've never seen it in him. You know, even, even in that fight that he had a, 
like his brother's fighting the PFL, his debut there, he had his moments. Um, but for the for Sergio, well, I know he, I know he, he, he did well with the first fight he had, right? I forget who we, I forget, I, I forget yeah, how. Yeah, I mean, he, he's won a couple fights now. Uh, but, but I, I, I'm just, it's not something that makes me. Yeah, no, I think there's Archuleta's going spectacular. Yeah, uh, Archuleta, yeah. whereas whereas Archuleta has shown that ring generalship that you mentioned uh, in, in his fights. I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously he lost to Pitbull, uh, but it was not. But it was that's just, Pitbull, he was just yeah. outgunned by one of the yeah. goal, greatest of all time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a hell of an event. That's this uh, Friday night. Friday um, night. TGIF. We are starting. We are starting to run a little late here. Um, I I can't. Bars I'm, open in New Jersey. Uh, I can't Friday go though with, without at least giving a shout out to BKFC uh, for BKFC 17. Um, I mean, a wild night, 10 fights, 10 stoppages, uh, just pure violence. Uh, shout out uh, to Bobo O'Bannon and Zach Kalmus who put on uh, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. Uh, Zach Kalmus took a beating. Um, and uh, is suffering from some situation now where he might lose some teeth and has to have some mm. oral surgery. Uh, I got a chance to actually go shake his hand after the fight. Uh, I've never seen a fighter so beat up. Um, and yet at the same time, I, I told, I straight up told, went up, shook the guy's hand, told him I've traveled the country going to fights, been to thousands of fly fights. And he, I have never seen anybody as tough as he is um, not knowing the guy's personality or not. Uh, he actually started to get almost emotional about it, said that this is what he lives for. And that hearing a fan, uh, somebody who pays to watch it fight, say that to him uh, meant the world to him. Yeah. So all props to, props to Zach Kalmus. Uh, again, one of the toughest people I've ever seen compete. Uh, and he is, uh, and, and I, and I think he will become a can't miss BKFC fighter. Um, but, uh, but overall top to bottom cart was card was great. Super entertaining. Uh, I enjoy what BKFC does. I enjoy the, uh, if you're a fan of it and you're able to get access to go to the weigh-ins, I mean, you literally have access to everybody. I got to chat with Chris Lytle, who's been on our show for about 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, Sean Wheelock, uh, the ring announcer. I, I mean, I, anybody you wanted to fighters. I got to, you know, Mike Richmond, Marcel stamps, Josh Burns got quick little chats with those guys. Uh, just really, really doing good stuff. Told Feldman that I, uh, the president that, uh, that I, I was, I was really enjoying his product and, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I hope that he would um, – I hope he would keep uh, keep up with what he's doing, and it seems like that's going to be the case. They are having some issues uh, with Florida events, uh, more due to the uh, arenas um, and, and certain arenas not being as open to uh, full full capacity. Uh, so it looks like the next event is now pushed off till June 18th, uh, a mega event in Florida. Uh, with well, like with, with all their training. signings, I mean, it just gives them time to make, make better cards. I mean, they picked up – while you were going over there, the news they picked up Ostevich, um, Pro, Pro Gonzalez, Gonzalez is there. Wow. So, like, they're they're building up their women's division. So, lots of good stuff uh, potentially that we could see from them. So, it just gives them more time. They, I mean, you know, event holding events cost money too. So, hopefully, them having to wait is, it put, lets them re re, you know, filter that money into promotion and things like that to to have it pay. Paying returns when when f- folks can get back into normal and stuff, like and, that, and the so. fans there seem to really enjoy the product. Um, I mean, it wasn't a full house. I mean, we're probably looking at like three thousand people, but um, it, it, it's uh, it 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 was it was a great atmosphere. Like I said, 
people dancing in the crowd. Just just a lot of a lot of fun. People were yeah. happy to be back and seeing stuff. And and again, BKFC is not for everybody, uh, but um, but it's fun. If you if you're if blood doesn't mm-hmm. and blood and cuts don't bother you, uh, then then I don't know if there's a better, more entertaining mm-hmm. event to go watch. To be honest. Uh, and and I told that to people that were looking to uh, that asked me uh, there were some investors that were asking just wanted to know a, a fan's opinion and and I told them the same thing I you know that I think if they continue on the path they're on I think that there's potential for huge growth um, and, and if they keep signing name fighters not just yep. the not just the hot girls you know although that's yeah. going to bring in eyes and and that's not hey, whatever they're doing it seems to be working because it seems to be here. working uh, they're growing yeah. they're up to yeah they have eight they have eighteen events now. Okay. Uh, and, and, and looks great. So, um, fun time all around. Happy to be back. Fans can always check us out at coast to coast combat hour on Instagram at combat hour on Twitter. Follow me at, uh, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carb Beerzal on Instagram and old head carb on Twitch. And again, you can always check out our video podcast and other MMA news at allaccessmma.com. Ed, fun week. Uh, look forward to Bellator. Also got a UFC, Michelle Watterson versus Rodriguez card yeah. this Saturday for UFC. Lots of action nonstop. And uh, look forward to uh, maybe getting yeah. a hold of a guest or two that I spoke to out at the BKF. Oh, yeah. No, they're coming. Uh, as guests are coming, working on a few myself. But. All right, everyone have a good week. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there, anyone that listens to the audio, and uh, take care. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Mother's Day. Everybody be safe. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.